Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World episode 47 with me, John Jordan. So in this episode, I'm talking to Tony Pierce. So Tony is the uh, co-founder of Reality Gaming Group. I've actually known Tony for a long time. Back in the day, we were in uh, the mobile game space. Um, that's where I first met Tony. Um, and in this interview, we kind of cover quite a lot of ground. I think it becomes uh, quite apparent Tony is, is quite a passionate guy. So go back a little bit um, into his history, how he got into games, um, and a little kind of preamble into into mobile games. I think what really comes through quite strongly is Tony's um, really uh, kind of passion for mobile games, um, and obviously Reality Clash, the game that a Reality Gaming Group launched, is is uh, one of the first mobile blockchain games. So we talk a bit about mobile, um, and then uh, we talk uh, about uh, investing. So uh, Reality Clash is one of the first ICOs in mid uh, 2017. So Tony talks a little bit about uh, that kind of process. And also kind of moving forward, because um, Tony's done a lot of investments in his career, so what the current kind of sentiment is, what he feels. And then we look at some of the problems, some of the obstacles with blockchain games, uh, particularly on, on, on the mobile side um, as well. And then finally, uh, on a more positive note, um, Tony talks about why he thinks games is going to be the uh, in the vanguard of wider blockchain adoption so i hope you enjoyed the interview um i certainly enjoyed doing it uh, any comments you can find me on twitter at uh, blockchain gmg uh but uh, thanks for listening and hope you enjoy it so hello tony pierce how are you doing i'm very good thanks john very good indeed good so i've just explained to people um all the things you've been you've been doing in in your career um maybe be good to hear it from the horse's mouth so you've been in the game space and the tech space for, for a long time do you, do you want to give us a potted history of of your career so far wow yeah <laughs> It just makes me feel really old. So I've been in uh, games for about 25 years. So I, I started way back in the days of Sega Mega Drive and Nintendo NES games. And uh, that was for a company called Telstar. And if you remember those guys, they were the, the old compilation record guys, um, did the Best of Dance and Best of Love albums and advertised them on TV and and, and made a load of cash out of that and then uh, they expanded into e-commerce and and video games and I was asked to run the games company so that's how I got into games and initially uh, we um, uh, started to develop games for Sega and Nintendo and we had a, a team of devs um, and then um, that started to go well and we expanded into uh, making actually one of the first ever PlayStation 1 games. So when PlayStation 1 launched, there were 10 titles and we had one of those. So for, so for a very small company, um, we were, you know, battling up against EA and all the Activision and all the big guys then. So so that, that was great. And, we and, and you know, the, the, uh, that video games company did well. And in fact, we sold it to Take-Two, um, the US company. And then I moved into um, mobile gaming, um, really early on so we're talking in fact you couldn't even download games when i started um i was interested in mobile gaming it was ringtones and wallpapers back in those days uh, and i i joined a company called digital bridges which was one of the first vc backed mobile games publishing companies um and in fact the first games we had was it was a text game if you've ever played a text game oh my god that's the dullest thing ever but unbelievably made so much cash because in those days, a texting game, 
well, I'll give you an example of a good one and a, and a, a bad one and a good one. So a bad texting game we had was a football game where you would send, uh, the, the player would send a, a, a text into our server at £1.50 a text and we would send a text back at £1.50. So it would be like, would you like to head of the ball or kick the ball? Text out. Text back in from you is, I'd like to head of the ball. Text back out to, from us is, well done, you scored. Right? <laughs> in, the, in those three texts. You know, we'd made four pounds fifty, and that was the game. It was ridiculous. But the but the ones that the ones that were um were, were incredibly popular were text flirting, and Jesus, that made some cash. So that one, basically, users would create a pretend girlfriend or boyfriend, and we would send texts to their phone pretending to be their girlfriend during the day. So you get a text going, "Hi, darling. Um, hope you're feeling well today. What do you fancy doing tonight?" Um, and you, the user would literally send a text back going, um, I don't know, let's go for a drink. And we would pick up those keywords and send a text back going, I don't want to go for a drink. I want to go to the cinema. And they'd be having this virtual argument at £1.50 in, £1.50 out, £1. I mean, it was just, I mean, incredible, right, how many people played this. Anyway, I kind of diverted there. So I, I'm, that was how, that's the first bit of getting into mobile gaming. But I was always, and the company that I worked for always had a belief that the mobile handset, the device, would be a great games console. And at the time, Game Boy was obviously the, the key area. And um, and then the first Nokia black and white handset came out, which had Snake in it. So there was your first game that was embedded. And we managed to secure the rights from Taito for Space Invaders. Now, 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 yeah, now Space Invaders on an old black and white handset still looked good, right? It, it is what it is. And I remember going down to Vodafone in the Strand, and going in to see their their key um, their key content buyers, which at the time were just ringtones and wallpapers, and going, look at this game. It's Space Invaders on a phone. Do you want to have it? Do you want to sell it? And of course, it was a yes. But I, I clearly remember for an hour arguing about the retail price of what that game download should be. And I was determined to have it at nineteen ninety nine because there was no difference on Space Invaders on a phone to Space Invaders on a Game Boy, and it was nineteen ninety nine on a Game Boy. And 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 anyway, the, the, it was Vodafone that actually decided to to make it five pounds, which was the premium price of a Java game with a brand on it. And from that meeting, that that became the de facto price to download a premium Java game. And and we took Space Invaders out to about a hundred carriers in in Europe and Asia. And saw that market explode. So I was there kind of right from the beginning of the early Java carrier days. And and I then decided there was an opportunity to set my own business up, having now conquered the carriers and got to know them really well. And that company was called PlayerX. And PlayerX became Europe and Asia's largest distributor of, I suppose it's Java and Brew content. So this is pre-App Store, pre-Apple. Okay, so... Let's 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 fast forward. <laughs> the podcast will be the history of, of your career. I did ask. <laughs> I thought you might go a bit quicker than that. Um, but it is actually quite interesting. So obviously, you've been around, you know, in, in industries that kind of weren't industries, and 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 been part of, you know, creating something that that goes from, you know, certainly back with mobile went from, you know, a few million dollars to to a billion dollars um, fairly quickly. So that's kind of a good experience. How did how how did you get involved with with blockchain games? Well, yeah, so, so that happened um, so two and a half, maybe three years ago. I started to um, look into, well, it was crypto first. So I kind of looked into um, what was happening with Bitcoins and just got kind of familiar with that market and then started to buy a few Bitcoins, you know, and j- just to see how it worked. And, 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 and that was as far as I went. And then um, 
I got introduced to a guy called Morton Rongard from uh, Copenhagen who came to our office uh, about two and a half years ago with a game idea called Reality Clash. And this was a mobile game that allowed that was an AR game um, allowed you to go out on the streets and join teams and, and defend parks and areas of your city and then go into combat. So, you know, Pokemon Go meets Call of Duty is the easiest way to explain it. And it, and it was like, wow, this is such a great idea, but actually physically impossible to do three three years ago. The, the one, one, it was pre-Pokemon Go. So the cost to market this type of game to kids and to tell them how to use a camera and to walk around their town would have been multi-millions. And secondly, actually AR that the AR core and AR kit from Apple and Google didn't exist then. So you physically couldn't do it. But what a great idea. Anyway, so off he went and and that was the end of that. And then six months later, Pokemon Go came out. So risk one, the tick, um, the, the, overnight, every kid knew how to walk into a park and use their camera. And secondly, the AR kits were starting to come out and the early version of Pokemon Go used that. So we went and sought some devs and, and said, could you make it? And they went, came back and said yes so we then started to raise some funding and that's when i came across icos so this is two and a half years ago i remember some guy going to me um why don't you forget going to in, in vcs and stuff just do an ico and i said well what's that and he goes well basically you have a virtual currency in your game just take that currency and sell it to an investor at a discount and they buy it with ether and then um, they hope that the price of the coin will go up so i mean i didn't know you can do that so so i looked into that wrote a white paper quickly there wasn't anything at the time that was like the game we had it was all very big blockchain tech and this is kind of like uh is it like early 2017 is this yeah it, it was 2017 that we started to do it um and um and and you know it was very new if i said to anybody i'm doing an ico they were like i don't know what you're talking about i mean literally it was it was those but anyway we, we decided to go down that route and um we wrote uh, wrote a white paper in a month um and we came up with the idea of not just investors buying our reality clash coin it was also the fact that you could buy this coin and then they had that they were allowed to come on and buy limited edition weapons that could be used in the game. So they were so they had the speculation on the coin price, and then they could speculate on these rare digital items that they could now buy with their Reality Crash coins going up in value in the future. And so, so, so which has now become like the NFT non fungible market. So even back then, we didn't NFT didn't really exist, but our idea was to create tradable tokenized in-game assets that could be um that could be you know tokenized on a blockchain and then traded um through either a trading platform that we'd create or perhaps secondary markets down the down the line and now we're seeing that all happen you know so um that that's really how 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 i got into it mm. and i mean we won't go into too much detail because you've kind of done plenty of talks about kind of the the ico process for reality clash and the, and the kind of fun and games you had with that i mean but, but someone who's kind of done done the traditional route of raising money um i guess it just seemed like quite a i mean quite a radical step and quite a um kind of kind of uh, i don't know kind of liberalizing step that you could just go and as you say you don't know who who these people are who gave you however many millions it was um do, do you think it's you kind of do you do you miss those kind of ico days because they will it's all been much more regulated now and it's much more back to vcs i mean do, do you wish they were still still with us to some degree it was one of the most um amazing 
fun and scary experiences I've ever been through. I mean, it was so intense because when we launched the ICO at the, at the time, it was timed. So it was only live for a month and you had a pre-sale for one week and then, then the discounts got less and less as time went on. And, um, and it was, it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable to see how viral it went and how, how, where people heard from us and, and, you know, all these underground forums popping up, talking about reality clash and the ICO and all buying weapons and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and it, it was, it was it, I will never forget it. And, and, and it will never come back again, or I don't believe it will because, you know, ICOs are now practically dead. And, and now you're coming on to IEOs and STOs, which we can talk about. But, you know, and, and, and I think quite rightly, by the way, it had to get regulated because there were so many scammy, horrible, you know, dirty ICOs out there. And, and investors, stupidly, you know, just weren't doing the due diligence that they should have done because they all got caught up in the hype of, wow, I'm making, you know, so much money on these tokens going up in value because the whole market was going up that, um, that people were just literally diving in. You know, what I'm really proud of is that in the white paper we wrote, you know, we said we were going to develop a mobile game and a trading platform and they would, they, the trading platform would come out on this date and the mobile game would come out on this date and it will do X, Y, and Z. And we have hit every milestone we said. We have launched everything and, in fact, launched more. Now, if I go back to the old white paper and look at what we've delivered, it's, it's, it's more than what we actually said. So we, we, we actually did what we said we were going to do. We have a utility and, and, and you guys now can go and spend your coins in it. And we're seeing people now trading guns. Someone bought a gun two days ago from our site for $1,000 right, in, in Reality Clash coins. At the Reality Clash coin price today, which is way less than what it was on the ICO, so they spent nearly a hundred thousand Reality Clash coins, right? So, so we are seeing we've had a million in total since we launched. We've had a million Reality Clash coins spent in our store, and the market is still tiny, right? So, so you know, I, I think I think this thing's going to be massive. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting. It is, I, I guess, probably as. The speculators who, who were involved in 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 any ICO, but but uh, talk about your one now is is I guess they kind of thought when the game was going to come out, then that's it, and everything's going to spike. But I guess we having built you having built products and having built successful games, you know that that's not how it works. You, it's a you know it's a marathon, not a sprint. You, you know, once the game's out, then you have to do the kind of marketing and you have to do you know iterate on the product and all that kind of stuff, and it take, it just takes time, doesn't it? It will never end. But you know people. You know, we still have some investors go. Um, you know, when's the when's the token going to go up? And and I am so confident that it will be above the ICO and more pretty soon because we have product, we have a, 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 a an awesome game and a trading platform with, that is just going crazy guns in a market that is so small. You know, we need to. It, it needs it as soon as this becomes more mass market and and our mobile game will drive this because every you know people will start to to play the game and then maybe click through to the site and and, and understand oh there's up there's different weapons you can buy here oh i can trade them i mean we we launched i mean one of the friction points right now is buying my token buying any token buying bitcoins or ether if you've never done it before is a real painful process Right. You know, even just opening an account up with an exchange can take two weeks, right? Because you need to do KYC now, then you need to send in a passport. It's just like opening a bank account. And and then they limit you on what you can have. You know, that the, the the whole KYC on anti-money laundering is so tight now and, and regulated. And then you have to transfer, you know, your money from your bank account to an exchange. 
then you have to get that you get your money in the exchange and buy some bitcoins and then with bitcoins you then buy a reality crash coin oh, oh mm. that, you know so two days ago we launched on our website the ability to buy reality crash coins with a credit card mm. right so we've now made it super easy right and and when you buy it with a credit card you you put in how many coins you want to have and then we have a live api into an exchange so it has the real reality crash coin price and then it puts a 20 percent margin on right so that covers the credit card costs and and for that we save all of that hassle of going through an exchange in chaos i will never i will never want to sell my coins on our website less than what the exchange is on we would never do that you know the exchange we want the price of the coins to go up so we'll always be 20 percent higher but it saves users all of that hassle and it and it's that ui and that ease which is gonna start to make make it easier for people and and that really needs really needs to um to start happening it's too painful mm-hmm. right now yeah. So I don't know how much you want to want to delve into this, um, but obviously you're a mobile game um, and there are some issues around um, mobile games and blockchain, although, you know, that hopefully they'll be changing over time. How, do, do you think that's, that's still a, a major factor? How quickly do you think that's going to change? How much did that impact kind of what you would have liked to have done but couldn't do because of how Google Play and, and, and Apple App Store? Um, well, it, it's it's, you know, you have to follow their their regulations, you know, that they're they're very important to us, Apple and Google. You know, there there are only two retail stores. You know, so so you know you have to, you have to work with them, and we've worked with them, and 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 you know they 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 are constantly looking at the market, right? They're not here to go, no, don't do it. You know, they know things are changing, right? And they have to adapt to it because otherwise, the users will will demand it or go or go somewhere else. So you know, I th- I think I think. Um, I think they're looking at it very closely. I think they're they're being flexible. Um, you know, they've worked well with us. And and do you th- do you think there's any um, chance that we'll start to see, um, you know, kind of I guess a new sort of kind of app store? I mean, there's a few kind of blockchain based app stores um, out there, at a very low level. I mean, do you think that that they would ever have a, have a chance, or is that just to you know the, the duopoly that Apple and Google have now is just so enormous certainly in the west at least um that- yeah you, know, you, you without those two you, you, it's nothing i mean you got obviously the others they got the huawei store um on their handsets you've got amazon store um but they're still on android handsets so you've got the you know you're going to go to amazon or google plus you're probably going to go to google it's on the same handset um so there are smaller ones you know and and yeah you might get some incremental through it but you know you've got to be on the you've got to be working with google and, and apple really Mm-hmm. And more, more generally, um, you're kind of always kind of out and about um, talking with investors. Uh, how have you felt kind of the sentiment changing? I guess obviously, you know, we had we had November, December last year. That was a pretty big kind of correction you know, at the end of a big <laughs> a year of correction. There was a, a big kind of sell off and, and kind of quite quiet at the start of 2019. Do you feel kind of sentiments returning um, in a positive way or is it still investors still very much like where well, we've kind of got burnt on that last year we're not not really interested I, I, the, the best thing that happened was that crash mm. it, I, I can honestly say that yeah it was it was horrible to see you know we i personally saw a lot of money disappear and so did my company but but we always believed what what happens when you get these crashes is it gets rid of all the crap right it gets rid of all the fakers you know and and and, and what's left are proper companies making proper blockchain stuff whether it's games or, or whatever you know, and, and you know, if you if you look at bitcoins in the last six months, 
you know, that's made a 400% increase. You know, it's, what is it, $8,000 now? You know, that's, it, it, it's gone to its low part. We're now seeing applications that use Bitcoins and, and, and there are, there's utilities coming out where which are really good, you know, from financial utilities to, to games. By the way, I think games will be the catalyst for 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 everything. I think that will lead it. I'm a true believer in that, especially blockchain. But um, you know, we're seeing the market really pick up. It's been a great six months. Um, and and you know, let's let's look at if we look at games and look at the size of this market and and how massive the potential is. There's about I think, I think the last count, there was like 25 million or 30 million wallets out there globally. And a wallet being anything anything that you can put Bitcoin or any kind of crypto in. There's two and a half billion gamers in the world. Right? If 1% of those gamers convert their games tokens into crypto or buy a crypto token, that doubles the amount of wallets overnight. That's 1%. Imagine if it's 10%. Uh, it's, it, it's you know games. I truly believe games will be the, the 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 catalyst for this exploding, because games know how to do it. They know virtual currency. They're familiar with it. If, if that's the case, have you been surprised that, with the exception of Ubisoft, which has its own kind of incubator, um, doing you know it's not doing anything public, but it's doing it's, it, yeah, it's working on stuff and it has said it is and has been quite positive, made positive noises. No other kind of what we might call now traditional you know games company we're not even talking about the likes of kind of kind of ea activision take two zynga whatever you know but even like some of the you know the smaller um uh, kind of developers are, no one's no one's talking about it at all it's, it's really you know the blockchain games really being made by kind of enthusiasts and kind of startups and it's it, there seems to be a big a big gap um, yeah yeah but it's exactly the same with any new cycle I'm, i you know i remember five six years ago when facebook gaming was was becoming all the range and you know you had things like you know farmville and and um you know all, all these early facebook games all of them made by independence right none of the big guys none of the eas activisions ubisoft none of them were into social gaming and all these little indies came out and started to make games that were that were on facebook and the big guys just stood there for a couple of years going i'm not sure if this is going to work and then it started to take off. And then what happens is they buy their way in, right? It's just like EA buying Playfish, right? They, they buy their, their way into the market that, because it's, it's the small little indies that will make it happen, right? And, 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 and then you will start to see them coming. I mean, I can't wait till, the, till, till, till they, they start coming because it's only going to drive the market. But we're, but we're just too small. We're like those early days of Facebook gaming. You know, it needs to get bigger. It needs to get easier. And there needs to be some real big hits from the end that show that drives revenue that shows that these bigger guys that they're, they're, they're now's the time to get stuck in and it's and it's gamers that will do it and it's it's the nft market that will really help it why, why do you th- why do you think that's the case what what's the what's the sweet spot why do nfts do? well the sweet spot is quite simple the fact that you know any gamer now owns the asset they've just bought in the game and they can take it out the game, sell it to their mates because they're bored or take it into another game because they want to use it somewhere else or just simply, you know, keep it as a collectible. You know, that that is, in my view, an absolute game changer. I would say this, my kids come up to me and go, Dad, can I, um, can I, have, uh, uh, can I have another 20, 20 pounds to play in Fortnite? Oh, well, okay, but I know I'm going to lose that 20 quid and I know they're going to spend it. And they go into Fortnite and they spend it and they, they buy some apparel or a cap or whatever they buy in there for, for their character. And it's gone, right? Now, if my kid said to me, Dad, can I borrow 20 quid 
I might, I'm going to give it back to you because I'm going to take it out of the game and sell it to my friend. Actually, I might even make a profit. That's, that's the whole different thing that right there. And, 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 it, and it will be these, these, the fact that you truly own it, the fact that it's tokenized on a blockchain, the fact that you, that, you know, it cannot be copied. You know, it, it, it is, I, there is, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I do think the one thing we have in the industry at the moment, and it kind of happened a couple of weeks ago when we had this, um, this Formula One car um, selling for like $110,000. I think at the moment, maybe the NFT thing is a bit too much focused on the top end, you know, these, these extremely rare things where, where people who have a lot of crypto, you know, it's not, real, not really real money for them because they've got, you know, you know t- probably tens of thousands of Ether or, or, or whatever, thousands of Bitcoin. So, um, but I, I think it is more interesting, this kind of marginal thing where, where it, might, it may be, yeah, someone spends $20 and then, and then maybe, maybe they only get $10 back from, from, from selling anything. But it's, it's that kind of more marginal thing where it just becomes part of, part of how you interact with games and you get some money back. And it just, that's actually maybe for me, I think that's more radical because that's what most people are going to experience. You know, most people are not going to spend even a hundred dollars buying an NFT, but they might spend a hundred dollars over a year buying bits, bits and bobs and then, and then can sell that on for 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I think that's for me, that's a bit more um, kind of reality of what's going to happen. But mm. so, so for the rest of um, 2019, how, how do you think it's going to play out? Are we, how quickly are we going to get to this um, kind of uh game-changing point or is it going to be a bit of a slow slow slog I, I, yeah i don't think it's going to be overnight i think um i think the fact i think it needs to get um easier for people to understand how to buy in-game currency and how to buy in-game assets and how you can sell them and and, and actually you know the whole back end the you, the blockchain part that tokenizes all this no one cares about the gamer does, doesn't care does it work and and is it easy and you know where it's logged and all that i you know doesn't work so we have to you know we shouldn't get too pinned down on on the back end stuff we need to make the front end really simple and make that user experience like nice and i, and I think there's still a bit of work to be done by that but i generally do think you know reality clash and bringing out credit cards and and really making it dead simple for you to sell our in-game stuff is is make is starting that that process cool good well lovely lovely to talk to you uh thank you very much for your insight we can maybe return um towards the end of the year and see and, and see, see how, how things are changing but thanks very much tony all right cheers john okay so i hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, tony pierce as i say you can find me on twitter at uh, blockchain gmg and uh, don't forget to subscribe. So every week we talk about the world of blockchain games. Sometimes we do interviews with, with interesting people. Sometimes we just talk about the interesting news that is happening. And there's always plenty going on in the world of blockchain games. So um, I hope you do subscribe. Uh, thanks for listening. And hope to see you again soon.